1990, Annie Dillard, one of my favorite authors, wrote, When you write, you lay out a line of words. The line of words is a miner's pick, a woodcarver's gouge, a surgeon's probe. You wield it, and it digs a path you follow. Soon you find yourself deep in new territory. Is it a dead end, or have you located the real subject? You will know tomorrow, or this time next year. Since 1994, I've been looking for the real subject. I'm an artist who's been teaching art to women in prison. During my classes, I always noticed that it was not the painting and drawing that the women spent most of their time talking about. Instead, it was their lives. Their conversations were part of what made the classes so enjoyable for everyone. The atmosphere, so normal, seemed like a group of close women friends getting together over steaming homemade covered dishes and candlelight, free from their partners, children, and worries to talk for one simple evening. This is not surprising. In order to keep their sanity, most women in prison discover that once they enter, they have to find a place where they can feel normal. They have to find a job or something to do that gives them purpose. And they also have to find someone to trust, someone to confide in, someone who will listen to their stories. It's no wonder that women in prison have lives filled with stories. Almost half of all incarcerated women have or have had someone in their immediate family in prison. One-third had a parent or guardian that suffered from addiction to drugs or alcohol. 57% were subjected to physical or sexual violence at some point in their lives. Over 65% are mothers, and one in five received medication for psychological or emotional problems. Most of the women have also witnessed things that the average citizen might never see. One thing that seems to unite all of the women I've encountered is not only the oppression and degradation they face in prison, but memories from their lives in the free world before prison as daughters, mothers, sisters, and friends. The second thing is their overwhelming sense of remorse. In 2001, I traded in my painting clothes and clay-covered apron for grant money from Humanities Iowa, a laptop computer, a cassette recorder, and an incredible reading list. Each week I drove 192 miles. I relished this time in my car. It gave me a chance to eat junk food, clear my head, listen to NPR, and think about 10 incredible women who were part of a group called Women on the Inside, a group where women in prison could share stories and read the words of other women every week for two years. It was a class where these women could develop their voice as a writer and gain support by reading other women of the page. This CD is a result of two years of our laughing, encouragement, hope, and camaraderie. The stories you are about to hear are incredible. They're from women who are or were incarcerated at the Iowa Correctional Institution for Women. My name is Rachel Williams and I was their teacher. During our classes together we read many, many nonfiction works by women authors. We shared our childhoods, told stories about lost loves, marveled as my stomach grew with the beautiful body of my first child, told jokes, complained, cried, and most of all supported each other through words of encouragement about our writing. Let me tell you a little bit about the courageous women you're going to encounter as you listen to this CD. There is Angel, a petite young woman with a vision. She's a gifted writer and poet, and she's left the walls of ICIW. Kiba, face framed by beautiful ringlets. She is small, passionate, and fiery. She will always stand her ground and be real. Crystal, a lanky, introspective blonde who never complains and is very smart. She'll be leaving ICIW in a year or so and starting a new life, trying to help others avoid drugs. Shelly, who's also left to resume her life as an East Sider, kiss her bulldog and live right on the back of a motorcycle. Yvette, 
a brilliant intellect to be reckoned with, a beautiful woman who won an award from the pen writing program in New York from one of the pieces she created as part of Women on the Inside. Mama Rita, a grand soul from the west of Iowa who's mesmerized us with her voice, kindness, and the success of her children and her amazing stories. Tracy, an all-American girl with two beautiful boys, a heart of sadness, and enough stories to write for the rest of her life. She is prolific and exceptional. Laura, a buoyant young spirit with a dream as big as the sky and blue eyes to boot who loves her family. Chanel, a cinnamon sister with an internal rhythm for words who's left ICIW and is making her way as a college student. And last, Ichthus, my favorite Southern Belle, who's also left ICIW to return to the bayou, go to college, study art, and spend the rest of her life chasing halos and changing the world. We also want to thank the following people. Paul Ingram for his graciousness and generosity. It was his guidance that made our reading list so wonderful. Barbara Robinette Moss, author of Change Me Into Zeus's Daughter, an inspiration and modern day beauty queen. Tom Walls, a gorgeous but humble human being. He shared such an important piece of his life by reading and telling the story of Bill. Matt Hobson Walker, a zine rock star and thoughtful artist. Christian Ball for his ears and vision in the world of sound. Amy Love, the volunteer coordinator for ICIW, for her time spent coordinating and passing messages, and for Cheryl Lockwood, who gave me permission to come to ICIW and made my life easier once I was there, and for Kevin, the one who greeted me each week. He's a great artist and the nicest CO you could ever want to meet. I also want to thank the University of Iowa for their continued support of my creative scholarship and research, and of course, Liz Voss, a transcription goddess and guardian of the procurement card. Most especially, I need to thank Sean Kelly, my husband, for his patience on Wednesday nights. And all of you who take the time to listen to this, you won't be sorry.